Yo, yo, welcome back, people. We are back ourselves with another episode of North of Samora. Pardon the English accent. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I am Tutu. <laughs> you know me. Um, apparently, I'm a little British today. Um, I'm joined by the smart one, Mr. Valentine. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks, man. How's it going? Man, like I said, Sunday, man. You know me, Sunday football, nothing going on. It's my happy place, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. So, yeah, doing the whole football thing after you infected me like two years ago. You're like, I oh, know, take it seriously. Good. And then good, I'm like, good. I, I'm watching games in the background. I'm looking at commentary. <laughs> I'm watching NFL films. Jesus, man. Man, it's, 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 a, it's very entertaining, man. It fills your whole day up if you know how to watch it without being a fan of a specific team. Because you're coming into it to just, you're really just watching it for the entertainment and not really invested. Shit gets real when you get invested because nah, that's, that's, a, that's a level of excitement that I, I don't wish on anyone. Yeah, <laughs> I get you because I was like, like I was, I was so excited for Mac Jones because when, when the Patriots let mm. go of Cam Newton, I was like, if Bill Belichick is saying he's letting go of Cam Newton, like this is MVP Cam. So mm. He really loves this Mac Jones kid. And preseason just showed how good the kid is. Like, he's still raw. Like, mm. he's the first-year quarterback. Like, there's never going to be a point mm. where he's going to be the finished product. But some of the stuff he's been doing, like that trick play, I don't know against which team they did. Super impressed that Bill went off script for even mm. a second. Yeah, he's one of many very interesting quarterback stories, young quarterback stories this year that I'm following. You know, him, there's uh, Donald. He's in a new system, playing well. Justin Fields. Uh, who else is there? That Lawrence Lighty. Guy, he's got it. Trevor Lawrence. Arm, yeah, Jeez. he's got a crazy arm, man. Yeah, that, that whole organization is kind of in rebuild mode. So right now, they don't look as good as they're going to be. But he's good, man. He is so good. Yeah. You know, him and Burrow put on a show the other day. Uh, and I was thoroughly impressed with that. But yeah, man, football, football is, is entertaining. That's not why we're here today. Today we're here to uh, talk about, at least well, the way I described it to you was, you know, you and I have been often known as the quiet person in the room, but we're also very observant. And we people watch a lot, for, you know, indirectly, you know, and, and, you know, the other way. But I just, you know, we, I don't even know where we're going to go with this, but I feel like we'll find, <laughs> find the reason once we start talking about it. Uh, but where this all started from, I guess, you know, it came from that bar you dropped. What did you say? You, 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 you dropped so many gems sometimes. Not enough time to dive, dive you know, to go on into it, go further into it. Uh, what did you say? Could you, humans, we're at our worst when we're trying to kill each other. Mm. Whew. Man, listen, <laughs> that one did that one, that one hit me like a Jay-Z bar. Like it didn't hit me until much later. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute, what did he say? <laughs> and then, you know, because just the year we've had with, with everything going on in Israel and then the, the violence in terms of from racism and the, the, the discussions about racism, you know, amongst many other things, the war in, in the Middle East and all that, all these different things. And it's, you start looking at it through that, through that bar where you, you know, and you're like, oh my God, that is very horrifying to think about. That we've gotten so good at it. Mm. Yeah, this is a trip, man. I'll let you take it away from here because I know you, you. This is your area, right? 
you say it's as if as if I always get political. People think not now people are gonna assume. No, 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 no. Like, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean you know more about it than I do. You can probably you know, you can probably share more light on it than I can. I'm really just here to just chuck my two cents <laughs> on this one. <laughs> well, I don't know where to start because the one thing I've I've always been fascinated with is history. And I was mm. told by one of my mentors that you are looking too much to the past and you don't have a good side on the future. And I was like to him, if we don't know where we came from, how do we know where we're going? Because mm-hmm. the human condition is, we repeat, things happen in cycles as much as we are evolving. Yes, yes, that is so, so true. Mm. Everything happens in cycles. Because, like, I even gave him the simple example of the way, like, this, the simplest example I could get was, like, the way music was, was channeling the 80s vibe or the Motown syncopated drum. You know, mm, the, mm-hmm. the, um, uh, that Bruno Mars song, the revisionist uh, of, of music that became pop, that was popular culture back in the 70s and 80s, which is now popular culture in the, in the 21st century. And what scared me was the, the time span between the two um, happening is that it's, it's happening in shorter and shorter intervals. So history has been one of those things that, that, that I really, like today I bought like, uh, I overpaid for four very unique history books. Um, they're, they're <laughs> nice books. I paid like 20 bucks, like second-hand books. But I think one of them is the first issue and the dude didn't know it. So the flea market and Zim, if they don't know the value of something, don't tell them anything. I had five bucks for, you know, I, I know that it's going to be seriously worth something. Uh, but all that aside, it's it's going through the past makes you understand, makes you understand what's mm-hmm. happening. Um, and the one thing that I've always been fixated on is how cruel we can be to one another and the way we justify it yes that's yeah. the part that's the part right there the way we justify it because mm. i was like this only mine was 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 talking smack about ah you know nazis this nazis that i was like yeah nazis are fucked up people like i ain't gonna lie about it uh hitler, <laughs> Goebbels, hitler those niggas were some fucked up like i i, I actually i'd never believed for a long time that they had the german army or parts of it hyped up on methamphetamines and i read about it i'm like yeah, you know i'm not surprised like genuinely not ah no they they that man it was it was just going over that during when we're like oh how old were we when we were doing the, the the german war when we're studying how old were we? like 14 or something yeah yeah four four oh yeah four four yeah yeah, yeah okay but just Bruh, visualizing, we're reading what visualize what we were reading and studying back then was, you know, the concentration camps, the, you know, the Mein Kampf and all that. Just and then just exploring into all of that and seeing just how how <laughs> it's really speechless when you read all the shit that they did. Mm. What What's crazier is there's this part that's always shown by. Um, okay, okay I, I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna sidetrack a bit because this is one of those things that I I, I go off many tangents. But hey, we're in the rabbit hole, might as well. <laughs> word, word. So Christopher Hitchens said, the one failure of America is that its people are not properly taught their history. And mm. like, okay. Talk yeah. about it. I'm seeing you coming from this. And I'm like, and then I went through. And then there, 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 was these, there was this image that was being thrown around on Twitter a while ago. And it got me upset and I didn't know why. It was about German citizens being shown the uh, Jewish bodies laying in concentration camps by American soldiers. Mm. Like these motherfuckers, back at home, you are lynching black people, and you have the stones, the stones, to show German citizens their bodies. You guys oh. have such a complex; it's unbelievable. 
Like mm-hmm. they knew this. I'm not saying it's, it's excused or anything, but the double standard of Germans of of American soldiers mm-hmm. showing the German populace and German soldiers. Some of the German soldiers didn't know that she was going on because they were the front. Well, some of them probably did, but I you know this the, the 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 whole cleansing started a lot earlier than that. But they didn't know the reality of it. You people, not two decades later, were still and were are lynching people at that at that time period. Black people who you listed into an army and said, "Yeah, let's go fight for freedom," huh. and you separated them, segregated them into different squadrons and divisions because you thought you were a higher class. The master race theory started with you people, and you justified it through religion, through politics, through rhetoric. And you have the stones. To show Germany what it did, how many hundreds of millions of <laughs> millions of, of black people did you guys kill? How many mm. you wiped out generations of culture and made them servile and docile for hundreds of years? Right, you know, and then, then you want to walk around being holier than thou, trying to, you know, on your pedestal, trying to show people the way. Like, come on. That is the biggest fallacy, in my opinion, is when people look at America as the beacon of freedom and hope, they're not. They are the most rotten country in the world, and they only lead simply because of power. And power is messed up because power. People think of power as in political power. And I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a geopolitics professional, or whatnot. But my own two eyes, like and, and my ears, what they hear, tell me very different things. And I know you know this because you, you've been in the corporate world. That power is a fabric. Mm. But many strands that run through it, and a weak link in any one of them changes. So every epoch changes. So remember when we when Miss Miss Wilde was going on about the the the, the monarchy period back in the change and whatnot, and the fabric was helped right. by that system. It would be um, the serfs knew their place, and the lords and whatnot kept everything up above. And it was that mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. that they got they were ordained by God to be that position. And you guys are poor because you know God just says you're not. He, he 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 created you on his day off. Therefore, you get into the lower class. So, excuse me, that system was destroyed by people becoming more enlightened, wanting democracy. And seeing the example that America was in terms of electing, and I guess General George Washington has to thank for that because he refused to be called king of the Americas and chose what is it, what, uh, according to um, uh, one of the history books I was reading a while ago, uh, president. At the time, president wasn't really a term that was associated with prestige. It was a, a term that was given to someone who headed up a club, like a social club, or just called the president of that social club. So when he took up that title, it, it, it effect showed great humility, but let's not forget George Washington was a master racist and was a slave owner. So we, we can't even skip over that. But it, it, there are, you, you can't go out <laughs> backwater. Like, yeah, he, he did mess up stuff, but there was stuff in there that he did that were pretty cool. Uh, and I could go back, you know, even further to like how even George Washington himself never wanted to secede from from the British Empire, that when Thomas Paine, who wrote um, what was it, Common Sense, um, even said it was was his, pam- his pamphleteering led the rhetoric to shift from oh we just want equal rights to oh let's go independence, which was an eye opener for me uh, when I read um, uh, a lot of Tom Thomas Paine's work in, in that period. That besides the point, mm-hmm. but it just compounds all of what <laughs> I said. I hope compounds the fact that no one can call themselves right or wrong. Uh, no one can say they're yeah. above and below. We're all capable of great cruelty, and it's evident in the world, especially if you fast forward to the world we live in now, where people are more than willing to sacrifice someone else's life or livelihood for their own comfort. Like the American uh. runs basically on, 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 or in part, on the military industrial complex. They made bank in Afghanistan. 
like whoever had money they made a shit ton of money but it destabilized lives and it killed hundreds of thousands of people so mm-hmm. that that whole mm-hmm. thing just messes with me man like it's like no, we can see this happening and we've become more desensitized the more the closer we've gotten to these images like the vietnam war was yeah like, yeah war, right and people saw the horrors of war firsthand and people protested going like what the fuck like we didn't see this being done live we saw um the Iraq War, the first Iraq War, not not uh, Desert Storm. We, we weren't even born into the eighties, but the Iraq War in two thousand one, two thousand two. CNN was beaming that stuff. And the highlights were yeah. amazing. That was my first exposure to quote unquote the horrors of war. I know people in Zimbabwe lived through the liberation struggle and all that kind of stuff, but for me, that was my first exposure to it. And then seeing right. it live, dude, you're like people built, people specifically built a war, a, a bullet that they put in into a into a gun that has wheels. And the tip of that bullet has depleted uranium because it's denser than any other metal that we can find. And it's used for maximum browse. It's like, Jesus Christ. I don't think people understand how big the sniper bullet is, too. Like, that thing is huge. That, that, that thing is big. It's bigger than a finger. It, the, well, this one dude was like... Depending a, on which sniper it is, yeah. But yeah, but like, those, those bullets are, are huge, man. They're massive. This and then you get the bigger the gun, those things, those, hey, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, just, just the machinery of war itself. I know I'm getting into war, but the machinery of war itself is insane. Mm-hmm. And I love using the United States example because they've got the biggest budget, bigger than their next, the next 10 competitors combined. I know China's catching up now uh, with, with their Navy and whatnot, but in terms of America, my favorite plane in the American Army is the A-10 Warthog. <laughs> you, know, you know what's fucked up about this plane? What? So dude decided... Let's make a gun fly. Like, let's make a gun fly. So it's a Gatling gun with wings. And it's Wait, are you talking about what the, the, the thing what they call the Raptors? No, no, the Raptors are combat aircraft. Those are uh, what's called fighter, fighter aircraft. This, no, this, yeah, the drones. I'm talking about the drones. That they're, they're, they're like shaped like Raptors. Yeah, the, the Reapers. The, the Reaper drones are U, UAS. The Reapers drones. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are even worse. Like, oh, okay. are, we'll get those in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. The Warthog in itself is a General Electric. Now, General Electric is a company that makes other stuff besides war weapons, which just shows humanity's deplorability in that a country that makes appliances will also be making a Gatling gun. And then that someone decided to put that put wings on a Gatling gun and make it fly. And someone decided... So apparently when they were testing it, they realized that every time the gun fires, it was so powerful that it would cause the engine to stall. So someone devised a mechanism that would temporarily stall the engine and then start it back again after the gun had done fired. Bruh, no, this can work. <laughs> this is like, fuck <laughs> it. This can work. Like, the idea was not the plane already. We can just stall it for a bit and then, you know, it'll come back on. Like an anti stall. I was just like, that's when I realized as, as long as there are bodies to be stacked mm. and money to be made, niggas don't give a shit. No. Niggas genuinely don't give a shit. And the, the contract is. It, no. The way that shit is woven in together, man. Like the way where companies make their money, where they invest. Because some guy, like uh, I was, I was, uh, one of the guys that I, uh, I work with, was like Anzi. Um, when OnlyFans went down, when they were about to move uh, porn on OnlyFans, and then um, but it made ninety something percent of their content. Uh, and then the, the excuse was investors don't want to be associated with porn. Like how many? Investors, quote unquote, legitimate investors have money in the machinery of war. 
But the guy who's poor, people are like, ah, no, ah, no, we, they, they're lying. <laughs> Dude, it's a, it's a very fascinating thing to kind of go down once you start getting into the, just the, the, the discussion of, of how deadly, how deadly are weapons of God, God, you know, as, as technology has improved, has improved, and the different ways in which they found. You know, just not even the different ways, but like, you know, stuff like sarin gas, you know, like like stuff like that, you know? Like Jesus. What what fuck you know? the fuck decided to, to, to think that up? Like let's just yeah. let's fuck up your nerve impulses for shits for shits and giggles and let's do it as a gas like, that you can't see. Jesus. Like, man, I'm all you know, me, I'm I I I understand the concept of necessary evil and all that stuff. Mm. And the gears of war and what the reasons for war and what happens and all that. The gray area of life, which is war and, and the stuff that happened in clandestine operations and all that shit. I understand that it's, it's the why it happens and, and all that. But the, the severity of it all, like the, the, the links that people are willing to go to in order to win, you know, and have been for, for over a hundred years, maybe even more than that, because nobody has records of what they were doing in, in, in times before things were being recorded. Back then, the Romans, and then when back when civilization was, you know, the way it was back in the Roman era and the Empire era and all that stuff, shit was wild back then, bro. You know, and it's, you know, we just know more. We just know about it recently. I just, we just know as much as our history goes back, you know? So it's like you're saying, like, what fucked up motherfucker came up with the idea that, oh, this gas was just created and it's going to fuck people up? Yeah, let's do that. Like, <laughs> you know, you know? Like all these different things that people put together to item, you know, to win a, a certain war or to gain a certain advantage in, in, in terms of um, the grand scheme of things, political advantages and all this stuff. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy what people have, have, have really done. It's what you said earlier is that it's more than anything the justification in their minds that, okay, it's my ends will justify the means. And so it doesn't matter if I'm doing some horrific thing, I'm doing it for the greater good of Germany or I'm doing it for the greater good of Zimbabwe or Rhodesia, you know, or America, you know, like that's really what the American way was built on, at least in, in, the, in terms of the eyes of, of everybody outside of America is that you will justify anything in order to, to uh, around the whole, for the American people, freedom of the American people. But even even that whole freedom you of know? the American people, how many times has America attacked? How many times has the homeland been attacked? They own, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it's... And, <laughs> and they knew about it. The, the, Teddy Roosevelt, apparently, they knew about the attack on Pearl Harbor, but it was supposed to be the pretext to coming into war. And I was like, okay. Ah, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's something that just, just kept repeating itself yep. in that regard. 9-11 and all that, but, you know, so, yeah, no, that's what it is, that's what it is, you need excuses to kill, and it's, it's, it's you know, and then, you know, when you go down really to a lower level, just in terms of what happens in, in I just want not to focus on America, just because that's all we know, but, like, you know, you watch the shows, like, like, The Wire, and the things that it was talking about, and the things that were happening on a micro level, mm. you know, in, in in different neighborhoods and different districts, gang violence and all that, and you know the the 
I want to say it, it's almost like the why. What the why told me was that it's it's a religion. You know, it's a code. It's just a, it's a code of law. It's a set of laws. There's, there's laws outside of it that govern the country, and then there's laws that govern, you know, these districts and these gang life and these these neighborhoods. Mm. You know, that's completely separate and completely different. You know, so what is for us guys, us people who live outside that world, we're looking at as extreme violence. Like the shit that you know, even like remember in the wire where there was like an episode where they they fucking what they do what did they do they cut his eyeballs out or something they said that mm. they cut his eyeballs out and and, and as as a, as a as a signal that we don't fuck around or something and I'm like my god you know and the actors in that in that episode were all told to just you know the way they reacted it was it was yeah sure they were shocked but it was like a, a it was like somebody stole my cat shot yeah. like oh someone stole that person's cat. You know, because to them, that's 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 life. Those are the laws. This is what happens. Those are shitty. For us, it's like, my God, what? You know, like, what is this? And then, you know, I mean, you hear all these stories about, you know, in the Middle East and shit that happens not even just in the Middle East and just going back and forth in my thought process here. Just what happened in the Middle East, you know, rendition and all that in the American, you know, in Guantanamo and all that stuff. And all these different things that people just justify in their minds because in their minds, I'm doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, man, you read those stories, dog, and you're just like, you know, like you're saying, humans, we're all capable of great cruelty. You know, it's just about that thing that happened in, um, that's that's a quote that I always run with. It's like every, you know, the Joker said it, Kevin and Daredevil, it's like you're just one bad day away from being me, you know? And I guess, you know, for us, for some people, you know, what they've gone through in life, has taught them, has desensitized them to those things. And now the rest of the world, because we have access now mm. to all this information and to all these stories and people telling us these stories, now we have information and now we can get to visualize and understand exactly what, what you know, <laughs> what uh, the level of violence that human beings are capable of in different cultures and the justifications that they use to, to, to make them seem like it was a necessary evil or a necessary thing to do. It's, it's scary because I, I like what you said when you said, um, <clears throat> I don't know what you said, um, about in cultures and people being capable of great evil. So there's something that runs contrary to that. And I was, I was watching a video by Professor Jordan Peterson, now not really a big fan of his politics. I think his psychology mm. is, is really good. Um, but he said that if you, are not you have to understand the fact that you're capable of great evil if you don't mm-hmm. understand that you are now effectively harmless so yes. if you want to be ultimately good you are harmless which means those who understand the dynamic of i can oh. do bad things to you can take advantage of you because they will rely on the fact that you will never ever ever step outside that line to say you know doing that bad thing because oh. you are the condition by your society or by religion or whatever belief you have to say you're not capable of, of great evil. And the thing is that people are so wired to the point that they won't defend themselves, even though their nature tells them to, which is scary to think about. And th- then it's, it's a weird, delicate balance um, of where we are now, because I think most of this was conditioned by evolution, I think. Like, we, we, we at some point had to fight for our lives. So it makes sense that we develop that trait that, yeah, people who, who we call mm-hmm. rulers or leaders or people who elect mm-hmm. are those people who are willing to go over that line 
and do those reprehensible things that we cannot do. But that doesn't make that doesn't mean we're not responsible for them. We are ten uh, percent because we sanctioned it. Like they say, there's no country that's committed a great evil. There's no leader that created uh, committed a great evil without some sort of um, green light or, or authorization from parts of its constituents. Some people have to at some point agree to be like, yeah, this is the way to go, and it's it's, it's evident everywhere. Like now in America, and I know, I know we've gone about America for a while now, but there is a far right that did like things that Trump did, even though people were like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That just it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. There was really people who really loved what he was doing, like yeah. really agreed with it. Yeah, we're just scared because we you then give mm-hmm. the person power and license to do those things, and you're equally responsible because if, if you don't see it, that you like that's why they say the vote is so important because the person you're casting the vote for you're you're literally giving them permission and powers now powers vary from country to country in terms of what the executive can do but you are giving them latitude to do certain things and things you may never hear about until 60 years or 20 years when they become declassified and then you hear oh these guys were up to this kind of nonsense and i think even to a more personal level it's it's their interpersonal relationships for being honest i think that's where this whole thing started from is that we've been in rooms where we've seen people who are like damn like personally i've seen some shit man like zoom over my eyes when i came back i huh. was yeah. as fuck about how people lead their lives in zoom i was oh, 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 oh. you like, opened that door did you geez. that's pandora's box right there bro oh, my that's God. pandora's box bro. <laughs> I, I, I had to cut off a lot of people like i, I had to add to now because in zoom the one thing you need to know and i think it's, it's it's consistent everywhere but more so in zoom there is no such thing as a consistent network of support of people around you that no i learned that earlier yeah you learned that that's something we learned in high school to be very honest with you man or your school you went through the schooling process that's something you kind of learned in school and i guess like you said it's, it's like that everywhere but i think in, in zoom it changes over time yeah. more so than anything because everybody's kind of self-focused there it's yeah. it's, it's it's just it's, it has to do with the, the way the culture is amongst certain people but it's, it's all the same i know what you're talking about basically yeah. if you're not in miz you wouldn't understand but if you're in miz if you're in zimbabwe and you, you know you know exactly what we're talking about yeah the, the, the allowance is that people you call friends or your, or your close group of people will allow you to do depending on on how close you are how well they know you are ridiculous mm, that, seen... that is everywhere though that yeah. shit is everywhere but it's in the dynamic it's in every sprinkle yeah oh. the, the, the weird thing about the zim dynamic is that we are such a small country like there is no going to Matabel and disappearing. It, it, that doesn't happen. We don't have the luxury of people in, in, in Western countries that like, oh yeah, I can go to Arizona and start a new life. Fuck that. You can go anywhere. Anything <laughs> no, about that. And when you when you see the, the kind of things people do in terms of the way they maneuver around certain social groups. And you know, when you sit there as an observer, you then begin to notice the dynamics and you're like, okay, so this person has kind of elected himself alpha. Uh, this this person is quote unquote married and what? And his boys are here, and they ain't saying shit. I, I ain't gonna say shit. Like it's those things that you're like, we're, we're such a small community of people that this could easily mm. come out. Like this could legitimately easily come out. But again, you need to understand your place in it. That's the scary part. Is yeah, just be the observer, be in the room and watch the dynamics of the people around you. Watch how they interact, how they do things, how they go. I know people who. Are, Purely more, like especially when I was in uni, Zim communities abroad are weirder because the people who gravitated towards people who had money because they're being able to afford certain things gave them status. And the way people used to uh. roots and 
and just like, yo, bro, this mm. guy does not pay your fees. He doesn't pay your rent. What the fuck are you doing to yourself? You're dehumanizing yourself so you can be part of this sort of social circle and social setting. And the kind of power, and again, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of like politics, the power you give that person to be able to do. They can tell you to fuck off in front of everyone. And then uh, back into the folding, like, I know, you know, it was one of those things. But let me tell you to fuck off. It'll be war until we die. Because uh, I, don't, I don't command that kind of um, social capital for people to do shit like that. So it's, it's those, I was just, I was, the, the dynamic abroad in the diaspora is, I don't know, you are still there, so I'll, I'll get you in a bit, but I'm saying, when you come back home, or at least from my experience when I came back home, it's the same, but maybe amplified. Because now there's no fear of we are a select group of people in a city or in a country. We are all the same yeah. language. Right. So that becomes infectious. And the way these group dynamics work and the way you see people's people you a person you're vibing with like just general vibes you know these kind of conversations right let yeah. certain people come into the circle that dissipates that person is now shape-shifted to becoming this very super outspoken you know rash doesn't think a lot wants to show up wants to make an impression um and i'm like yo fam like oh, okay yeah 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 okay now nah. I totally understand. I know where you're going with it. Yeah, I yeah. see where I am. Yeah, yeah, I so, see that now. Yeah. I don't know about you. Maybe I, I don't know if you if you're, if you're associated with many symbols. I know, I know, I know, I know TJ and 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 uh, guy. Uh, but but what what is a Zim circle like that side in comparison to just being a fly on the wall, or even though you're in the room? Huh, okay, I guess we're doing this now. By the way, we segue, people. We segue. This is a beautiful segue. I don't know how Valentine did it. We'll have to go back and watch. <laughs> it was a masterful segue you did, my friend. <laughs> uh, look, me for me, when I came out of Zim, um, the reason why that what you said resonated with me was because when I came out of Zim, I I I, I had this with me. Anyone that knows me is like I I I know what I'm. I know what I know. I I know what I feel. I just don't know how to articulate it sometimes. So when I came out of Zim, everything that you just said, I kind of felt when I came out of Zim. It was, you know, because my gap here was when I really started to kind of make, um, kind of started to discover myself a little bit. That's when I was independent and I was discovering myself. And that's when I kind of started to see the whole dynamic in friend groups in Zim. I think that it was the culmination of that. I had been observing it my whole time, you know. And I was one of those people that used to kind of, because I'm so... I'm 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 diverse in what I like, you know. I'm not one I'm not one of those guys that likes one thing, you know. I like sports and I like comic books and all. So I'm always kind of cool with a whole lot of friend groups, whatever. That changed over time, and then it started being around people who party, you know. So I was one of those people that was always kind of trying to fit in, and that comes with a whole lot of fake shit that you have to do, which you know, at the time I understood that was just a thing that you just understand. Till this day, in in terms of being in society in certain social groups, you kind of have to do that shit still, which I'm not a fan of anymore. But back then, you know what I'm saying? Zim is yeah. extra. Yeah. Like in Zim, you kind of have to. That's just the way it was, you know. So when I came out, I had this this thing where I had this feeling where it's like I just want to, I want to try something new. Just start off now that I know what I know from Zim. Let me start afresh. And I didn't want to be around Zim people because there was a lack of genuine. There was a lack of authenticity in, in, in Zim friendships. The only authenticity was the people who partied, who people who drank and went to drink and all that stuff, which is why till this day I'm still cool with all the guys that I used to drink with, at least most of them. 
you know, and then some of them, Fungai and TJ, have become my, you know, some of my closest friends in life now, you know. So that was why, because with them, you know, when we hung out, whether what they did in different friend groups when they were on their own, that was another story. But when we hung out together, it was always real. Till this day, we met up a year ago, I think they came here. And we, we were, you know, we had a whole, we had a whole kind of two days together just having a good time. Shit's still the same, yeah, sure, but you know it's real with us. It's always been like that, you know. And that's the that's those are the friendship, those are the sort of, sort of friendships that I was trying to be in, you know. Because in Zim, like you're saying, I know when I came back, you know, when I came back, I I kind of had it. I haven't been back since 2012, but when I was there, that's why the first thing I did, one of the first things I did was I get everybody together for the Rimba group together. Remember that? Yeah. You know, those are the people I wanted to be around because that that friend group was one of the realest ones we had. It was unconventional. It was it was literally a group of random characters. And we'll have a Rimba episode one day. We'll dive into this. But it was really just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It was a real mixed bag of, of different characters. And we were all nerds in our very own different and unique way. You know, and Rimba's kind of kept us together. But outside of Rimba's, you know, Owens will be talking about TV shows, anime, you know, um, comic books, comic book movies girls, rims, music, random things that were happening at school. It was really just, you know, and we didn't know it at the time, but I think hindsight is 2020. Mm. But, you know, that was one of the dopest ones that I had, you know, outside of Zim, you know. And so yeah, I think it's it's a it's a thing that I've, I'm lucky I've not experienced. And the friend group that I've had here, you know, it's mostly Canadians. I'm not close with any Zimbabweans, for real. Other than the people I grew up with, I won't lie to you, you know, because I didn't want to have that experience that I had in Zimbabwe. I know high school is a bad lesson of all of that, but everything that you're saying, is it's, it's all about impressions and it's a, there's no authenticity about it. It's about looking a certain way, fitting a certain crowd, being in a certain place, you know, the, the elitism of it all, where, you know, I say, look, man, I'll be the first to tell you that I have a little bit of in me, too. Flossing, you know, the the that culture, that the flossing culture, I think, is the best way to describe it. You know, the the shit that you wear, the car you're driving, the shit you're doing, you know, the loafers, you know, that that the, the people, you know, that uh, that whole thing. If that's your, it's, it's like, and it's not even a, I don't want to make it sound like I'm I'm judging these people. I'm not. I'm I'm saying if that's how you, life teaches us different things, and if that's what life has taught you, and that's what you believe, and that's your lane, then that is that is absolutely. We're talking about the people that make themselves that which i was i was one of those people against their own uniqueness you know in order to fit in because in zim they you know it's hard to find the group of owners that are just themselves there was always that pressure to kind of fit in a certain a certain group and if you're an individual like my like me who just kind of grew into their own confidence fitting in was the safest option you know and for a lot of people i feel like that's what it is and now i feel like from what I hear from my, my from you, from my brothers, from people on the ground there, it's just gotten heightened. It's not improved at all. It's just gotten heightened, and people could come back with with this sense of trying to look a certain way or trying to justify a certain impression. And like it's like that in every culture and everywhere around the world. I know that, but you know, just from our experiences in Zim, um, you know, that's. That's that's how it is, you know. So when I came out, yeah, I'm not close to many diaspora people, except the people that I grew up with, and a few real ones here and there. You know, I've, I won't lie, I've met some really cool Zimbabweans here, here, 
here and there. But I always came with the mentality that I was just going to get, I was going to re, redo the friendship and the, my social standing with people. And I was lucky enough to have a group of friends here who kind of just showed me what it is to have, more, you know, people who are just cool with you, no matter what, you know, just cool with you, they'll ride with you, no judgment, no trying to fit in, no whatever. They just, you know, random people. I, I could talk for a, for a while hours about just the, the different you know friend groups that have just accepted me out of nowhere you know and for no reason like it's like i don't even fit in with you like people would you know like i'm friends with a lot of people that i would tell you for sure are racist motherfuckers you know <laughs> i will not lie to you but you know and it's not even just oh you're the cool ballon it's really just you know, it, it is that but it's, it's on a level of of um i don't i just really much i understand people and so I'm able to do that and adapt and not, you know, because me, I like to learn from different people when I want to. I'm not a, I don't travel around the world to get that fixed, you know. So, you know, I'm friends with a lot of people that I'll tell you right now are not good people. I will not lie to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not good people. But everybody comes into you. Everybody has something to teach you. And if you open your mind up, and I think that's the thing that is lacking in Zimbabwe is just an ability. And not in everyone. In some, you know, because yeah, in Zim, and I'll let you take it from here because you're on the ground. In Zim, there are some of us who we can go dabble in the in the elite world and talk and be around those corporate the corporate lingo and the people who are trying to floss and you know all that shit. And then you go, but you in Zim, you you're always going to interact with the other side of the world, Mawindi, you know, you know, all the mechanica, all these different people. You're always going to interact. You know, and 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 you will work around the house, whatever you want to call it. You know, they're all around you there, right? So you're always going to be around the real part of them when you escape this world of, of fancy cars and high-profile shit. And I don't know what you experience with that dichotomy of worlds and and the the, the, the difference in experiences. What well, how, how have you felt? Because it's different for people who have been there recently than for me who haven't, hasn't been there in a while. I don't. I don't. I, the thing is, it's difficult to describe, to be honest. Because I, I, what I can remember from when I, when I was, when I was in university, was, and this is both in South Africa and Ukraine. In South Africa, it was different because I don't think we really needed to form a community community that much. Like we didn't need to have that Zimbo exclusive community. Although we did have, you know, we interacted as Zimbos quite often because you know there are only so many times. Well, it's essay. Shona is now an unofficial um, minority language, so. You know, you you never too far, right. but 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 it's it's good to then you know hear um you know after some time to hear someone you know um who's from where you are and it's it's comforting to know that your home home is there but not in the way you know you you much you'd like it. Um, but Zambia was different. Ukraine was when I got there, I was the only Zimbo in the city, as far as I knew. Uh, I was told by that by the dean. I was like, yeah, you're the only Zimbabwean here for the moment. They're more coming. Another guy came, Kumbulani, cool dude. Um. Like again, he were kind of the same because we didn't really, we we didn't didn't really weren't people people persons if that that's that that's the right term to use. Like we weren't really people who, um, we kept to ourselves. I think is the right way to attempt to, to put it. So we never uh, had those uh. and all those kind of things. So it kind of brought me back to high school where I was like, well, you were saying like you you were cool with a lot of people. I really wasn't, and I think that that's that's what uh. to Ukraine. I then understood it. I was okay being the outlier. Like for me, it was uh-huh. never, it was never contingent on me to like, to try and fit in with people. Like if, you vibe, if we vibe, we vibe. If we don't, we don't. 
but the people I vibe with, the connections I hold dear. So if, if you're one of those people that, you know, we 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 vibe in high school, like you and me, we vibe in high school, that connection will last forever long. That we keep putting effort into it. It's a both way thing. So that's how I value things. I never really wanted to be in certain circles to be there to be uh, ambidextrous in how I interact with people because some people are just cordially saying hi and I didn't really care about the people I cared about. I cared about. Uh, and then I understood the fact mm-hmm. that my uncle told me this. Uh, he told me friends of the family you make, and it's an old saying, but he then fleshed it out and was like, "You never got to choose where you're born, or who would your family you're born to, uh, but you do get yes, to yes, 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 yes. Your your blood and blood is not is not people who um, who share the same DNA with you. Blood are people who vibe on the same wavelength as you do." So people that you feel like you've known your whole life, mm. it's like a single. Mm. That's how I went into it. Oh, wait, say that again for the people in the back, please. Say that again for the people in the back. Woo. Like people you vibe with, that like on, on a on a, <laughs> level, right? on, on a on a on a level that you know that I've known you my whole life, but we're just meeting. Like that whole where have you been my whole life? But I feel like I've known you my whole life. So it's. it's mm. It's a way. To, it's the same thing I have with you. Like it's like yeah, we we kind of were in the same mm. thing. We're in different kind of kind of phases. Um, and we and again, it's allowing people to have that sort of uh, to have their own latitude of who they want to associate with. It's not like keeping them to yourself, which is another thing you taught me. So, right, you know, right, right. Like let Tulu be hang out. Like Tulu be out on Friday night, not be cabins. Like I never really went out in high school, but that never diminished my relationship to Tulu because it was just just me to what to do in his spare time. In my spare time, I do my own shit. But when we get when we're together, we're kind of brothers, so it, it it made sense in my head that way. So that's how I formed ties, and I formed very few of them. And when I went to South Africa again, uh, I was there with Kui. Uh, Kui was with same uni I was there in South Africa. We again, Kui again, right. wait, he was cool being an outlier. Like he was, I, I don't know if I should speak for him, but he's one of the people I feel like understood who he was and never. Man, t- Kui, Kui doesn't understand. I don't know if you listen to this, but if he does. Kui doesn't understand how much of an impact he had on on us. Yep. You know, because Kui Kui was himself, man. Kui, I was a man till this day. I am a big fan of Kui. Like he, I'm so glad that me and him, we went on a camp one time and we we got to like hang out and bond and, and really just, you know, we had a really dope rela- you know, dope experience and that's when we really became like good friends after that. But Kui, Kui was himself, dog. And for people like me who are like in our shells and, and, and kind of reserved in situations, Kui was a health. He was the first person that taught me how to just be yourself regardless of what's going on, mm. of what people are doing. He was the one who, you know, Kui couldn't help but being himself. So, you know, I'm glad that you say that because I've said that for a while. And since then, I've kind of tried to find characters like Kui, you know. Yeah, people make you. You know, it's, it's this one thing I said to, to my ex. Um, you don't like your life or you, you idolize people's lives because they're dancing to the rhythm of their own existence. They are they make living look good. Therefore, you feel like they've got something you don't. Listen to the music within you. If you vibe, uh, whatever you want will come to you. Like, if you... if like, I, I gave you this example. I'm a piano song you'll be playing. You won't vibe with it. See someone dancing passionately to it. You will find the best chair to ask you. Do that with your own life. And Kui is a perfect example of he would be Kui would say some fucked up shit. And I'll be like <laughs> <laughs> with no remorse in our space. With no apology. Man, we can we cannot we can <laughs> And I'll be like, 
This motherfucker. Yo, expression on his yo, face. Kui, You're like Kui was. Yo, dude, uh, the, I don't know. Who used to make fun of the drive? You know, we used to shoot Kui's oh, car like used to get pissed. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yo, oh man, you opened the door here. But yeah. look, yeah, Kui. Who used to say some fucked up shit? That shit, that dark humor shit where you just chill you're like, oh, chill, bro. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> you say this, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Yes. We're getting canceled. Yeah, bro. <laughs> the worst was the worst was in the when, in the bus. You know that mini bus we used to take, and you'd yeah. be sitting at the back with. Oh, when you sat at the back with Kui Dog, Kui would go off, dude. He would not stop talking shit about people, like saying random jokes, and you're like, it's so funny, dude. But it's dark human. It's not cool. But <laughs> you're just there, like, oh, what are you saying? Right, right. Oh man, I, I can because we got snapshots. Like, I mean, for Sean and and uh, for Chimus and those guys who were around him a lot, how that must have felt like. But for me, I, I got snapshots, so I wouldn't even didn't even remember him. But like, he, he's a, he's a good example of, of people to be around. So I I built those I, like me and we were we we five, but never to the point that I could say friends friends. But even in in, in, in MGI. Kui would always, oh, Vale, and it's like, yeah, one of those things where we just catch up real quick and we bounce mm. in. That authenticity was, you know, he had a had a, a good set of really good friends. So even when I went away, I, that whole ideology of having people that you fight with, people that you feel that they understand you, um, and you build that connection to a point where, and I'm not saying, you know, all relationships mm. need to be deep, but you do need very deep connections for you to exist, because if you don't, like, yeah, it should get weird really quickly. Uh, but when I went to SA, I didn't really need that, because I was still very much in my own shell. Um, then when I went to Ukraine, it all changed. Um, right. It was difficult to find those connections. And the, the saying is uh-huh. true, the older you get, the harder it is to make friends. Uh, because people did not necessarily, not even liking the same things, but I can, I can, we can be, we can disagree, but still be friends. Like there's certain things we never will agree on unanimously, but still be friends. If you uh-huh. Have uh-huh. Of that opinion. Uh-huh. They're more of, no, you know, we need to do this. That is issues. I'm like, yo, what the fuck, man? Like, I, I don't really want to do this. Like, oh, are you, you know, I'm like, no, I, I don't really care. Like, you can go ahead and do so. It was one of those things where, and it's a mishmash of African cultures because they're the coalescence of mm. Zimbabweans, because Zimbabweans, Nigerians, and Namibians, and all that. And you're like, okay, this is going to be a hell of a melting pot. And I, I never, I never, I, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I had some really good friends. Uh, I had some really good friends. I think I had two or three people I can, I can call, like, people I, we, 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 we were in the trenches together for a really long time. Uh, and not even the trenches, the heights of the things we experimented with when we were there were, were really good friends. Whether I was, I was, I was uh. in the same light, I don't really care, but I, I value that connection. Um, but fast forward and come back to Zim. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, uh, uh. I was like, yo, 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 is this fucking high school or what? Like, uh. I'm like, okay. It didn't change, huh? It didn't feel like it changed, huh? Not even in the slightest. It's still... Uh, the, the 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 boys club but people are just a little bit more chill but again it's heightened that's the word yeah okay there we go yeah the boys club yeah i'm like yo that's yeah click yeah out here they call it clicks clicky yeah. like that's what they call it yeah mm. i that's that's yeah i, I totally see that yeah because i met uh mandlin kosana at um queen of hearts this one night uh, mm, they told me about that yeah and I could see the whole. So when he, when 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 Manuel and I started talking about NBA and football and all that kind of stuff, um, I could see they were in a sort of a click. Now I'm, I'm not sure if that was was they're choosing, but again, when you're in Zim, you kind of have to adapt. And I came with my homie Faz, um, known as MGI, really cool dude, cool photographer. We were there to see one of uh, one of the DJs uh, was his friend. He's like, let's pass by Queen of Arts. Where that should come from a shoot. I was helping him with with the photo shoot. 
and then he's a Khalis pastor at Kuna Vasis, gets something to drink. We go there. So Fez is, is kind of like you in a sense where he's he's not he's the plug-in for many sort of sort of circles. So yeah, when he got there, he disappeared. So I did my thing, went to the bar, got a drink, and then because I'm like, oh, but I'm like, oh, shit, we started talking. But even when you could see people sitting, it was like a collection. I'm like, back in Europe, like with white people in Europe, like I, I'm not saying black people, there's something wrong with this. Okay, there is. I won't even mince words because if I do, I'll be lying. But white people, like you could literally go to a group of Ukrainians, drunk enough to not say something stupid, and then just talk. They would try their very best to speak in English, even if you ask for help on the street. Yeah, you'll get the bad apples here and there, but even curious ones will come and ask you questions. And even like Europeans mm. who, are, uh, who are also studying in Ukraine, where one of my good friends was from Germany, and he's he never re- like he was authentic. Like, the dude was just himself. And you get you, and you're like, and he vibed with a lot of people, and he was that person who, you know, when you say some dark weird shit, and everybody in the room knows it's a joke. Like <laughs> that kind of person where you could be in a room and see some fucked up shit, and he'd be like, and he would laugh knowing that no, you don't mean that in malice. And that, uh-huh. was, that, that was the perception I had when, when coming out because I never really associated with too many Zimbos. I had I have three good Zimbo friends when I was there. Um, well, two if you count the, 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 the chicks, but the chicks were on the periphery because, yeah, they never really got, they never passed the test for entry. Uh, well, the group entry, they were, they, were, they were there. But when it came to the greater collective, never really associated because it was more of a clique. So I never really associated with that, not because I hate cliques, but because when you could see that you could, you could taste the artifice on, in the air. Like, shit. No one is being themselves here. People are overdressed for a braai in summer. Like, yo, see, that was the thing when I came out of Canada. Was like, when I came out of, I was, I was looking for the thing that I was looking for was, was, was simplicity. Mm. I was looking for simplicity. The shit that I enjoyed in Zim, the drink I was went to, this niggas was just being themselves. You know, there wasn't no flossing or whatever. People were just showing up to drink, you know. And that shit exists in Zim, trust me. But it just exists in clicks. If you're in the friend group, people will show it. That's that's what it, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, look, it's like that everywhere, <clears throat> you know. It really is like that everywhere. But there's a there there comes a time sometimes in Zim where the flossing becomes a thing. And I was trying to get away from that culture. So when you go outside, yeah, man. Dude, like people are showing up and just in whatever, bruh. Like, you know, just in casual shit and it's, there's no real need to flow. That's where the whole. Is, man. When I was in Zoom, I used to wear a tie at least once a month. This time around, man, I can go maybe half a year without wearing a tie. I have, actually. What am I talking about? <laughs> you know? I've literally, you know, but in Zim, you know, it's, it's, it's literally a, a, a thing in your mind where, like, at some point, I'm going to have to wear this shit. So you're in your mind thinking about that. I haven't thought about trousers, tie, and some, what are they called, gaiters or whatever. I haven't thought about that in so long, bro. So long. You know, because you come to a culture, yeah, man. Like, I went home. One of my best friends in life, for real, that man went to the club in in some gym shorts, some gym basketball shorts, and um, some, what are they called? I got to pair myself. Shit. Some slippers. What are they called? Quicksilver slippers. 
<laughs> right? And and yeah, and a vest, and a vest. I want you to hear these people. Some gym shorts, quick silver slippers, and a vest. In the summertime, this is what he went to the club in. In Zimbabwe, can you tell me that happens? Jesus. Yeah, you do. Anyway, I'm not even talking about in the, in the, in the highest spots, Kanana Borid. I'm talking about anywhere in Zimbabwe. Do you know a person who would do that? Hell the fuck. Even my vet, Kutin Rufuku. <laughs> Hell hmm? no, man. Hell no. Not like that, man. You know, yeah, but this 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 dude on with no problem at all showed up like, like that. And even people, and I'm not saying this is a regular, people looked at him like he was wild. But I'm saying this is where the freedom of thinking is. Not freedom, but the, this is where the social groups are there. That's where it, that's where it was there. For mm-hmm. that city that I was in. And that's the shit that I, I, I like because that's, that's simple. That man is not thinking about, oh, I need to be in this or, oh, I need to be in that. For him, the universe is, man, I feel good in this. I'm about to roll out. That's the simplicity of it. And that's what I was trying to kind of find. And like I said, it, it probably started with Kui being around Kui. Now, Kui, and I'm not saying Kui used to dress like that. People know Kui, Kui got his own style. But um, I'm just saying it started with that personality, that mind that thinks that simply and doesn't worry about the outside world's opinion of him in that regard. He's just like, man, I feel good in this. This is what makes me look good. Girls like me in this. I'm going to have a good time in this. And that was his whole thinking. And I wanted to be around people like that when I came out because people like that are far removed from the people in Zim. Because the thing is, when you come, when you come out to diaspora, mm. you have this tendency of sticking to your group, mm. footy, sticking to your culture, bringing your culture and bringing it here instead of kind of, you know, for me, it was all a whole reimagining of myself. You know, I didn't know who I really was. I just knew who Zimbabwe taught me to be. Mm. And I've said this point in previous episodes. So when I came out, it was really in my mind saying, okay, I need to just, I'm just going to discover who I am, you know? And that wouldn't happen if I didn't get into the friend group I'm in now. And if I was to tell you some of the characters I'm in, you know, you, it's it's far removed from the people, or at least the person who people think I am in Zimbabwe. Mm. But the people I, I met, I became friends with in, 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 you know, my first few years in here in Canada, you know, they literally let me, let me, this is a group of people who've known each other for years, by the way, you know, you know, they went to high school, you know, and they kind of, and I, you know, they, and I guess, look, the university life, the, the university journey is what it is, and you get to know friends. But it's the fact that, you know, in Zim, that may be not even the case. That might not be the case in Zim, you know, where you, it might not be like that because it's all click, it's all clicky. Maybe it might not be like that. Some places it is, some places it isn't. But here, you know, the kind of people I met here, you know, the, the the simplicity of it, the fact that it was a whole new experience for me, you know, and it just it's and I'm looking at myself now and the, the way I am now, the things I I, I I I you know the way I understand myself now, it brings me back to something where I've always said, which I think is a segue into the last part of this. I hope it's you know we are our experiences and the people who you're around. It's a very common tale, um, common message that's out there that people send, and it's very true. We are who we who we we are who we've been around, you know. If you've been around people who showed you that this is how you dress, this is how you are around people, this is how you this is how you make friends, this is how you think. That's the way you're always going to believe in the world. That's the way you're always going to understand the world. 
And that's how you're going to enter and that's how you're going to be. And then if it just happens to be what who you are and what makes you happy, then that's it. Then getting dressed in Paul Smith, you know, getting dressed, you know, wearing the, fa- the, the certain type of, having a certain type of style that says, oh, look at that guy. That's your shit. It's not taking away any of that. It's just like saying like life teaches us different things depending on what we've been through and who we've been around. And the people who I was around in Zim made me believe that, okay, this is how I had to dress. And then I came to Canada and they told, you know, and the people I was around were just themselves, you know, and that's who I wanted to be around. And it it taught, it just really, you know, it really kind of, at my journey, it just kind of emphasized that who you're around. As I look now at this, the dichotomy of my, my experiences in friendships, both in Zimbabwe and then in Canada, it just really it reemphasizes that point that it is your who you are is based on who you've been around, and they shape you know your ideals. They shape up the armor that you put around yourself to protect certain things. They shape your your perspective, you know how you dress, how you are around people, what you believe about the world. All those people. That's why it's always, everybody always says you know surround yourself with the right people, you know, and it's not about you know what? There's no. I don't believe there's a like a, 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 a you know one size fits all definition of who you want to be around. You know that people say there's. You know I believe it's it's what works for you. Who do you need? And if you're one of those people who needs specific kind of people around them that you know generate a certain thing, then you're gonna look for those personalities. If you're one of those people, you know, and that's gonna be different from person to person. You know, if you know what I mean. And I feel but like my, what can I say? My, I have a definition for the people I want around me um, and the people that I would like to be around. And it's, it's a very simple one. It's you're a person who's not will, you're who's willing to tell me the truth. Someone mm-hmm. could look at their friend, a friend in the face and tell them the truth. Like I had a friend tell me, like, yeah, no, Bali, you're fucking up. Like you're fucking up. Like tell me why this is going on. Like, and that's been a thing between you and me for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that is one thing I appreciate about you and me. And we do it. In, we, it started off in joke, mm. but it became a thing where it's always said in humor that we always just keep it real yeah. in humor. Yeah. And we always keep it real with each other. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful thing. I like that. I like someone who can tell me that you're messing up. Because if, if someone who knows you cannot identify that there's a pattern forming, then there's a problem. Uh, I remember it was uh, in Ukraine when you were uh, going like, "Hey, dude, like you've been quiet, like is everything all right?" Like even that, that, I, that to understand, then to get the whole story of what was going on at the time, that's the whole thing. That that those are people you need to keep around you, and it's not the sense that you have to be constantly around you. Like that's the myth I, I, I don't enjoy perpetuating is that you have to be comfortable with yourself. If you're comfortable with yourself, being by yourself, I'm not saying you know be like me, a hermit who really goes anywhere, uh, but go be comfortable with who you are. If you if you're good alone in your quiet moments. That is the that is the most powerful thing you can ever have, because that piece is something you can return to, regardless of where you're out there. You know that piece. Because me and Tuk might not even talk for two weeks. We'll talk when we were about to record an episode, but it's just, yeah, it's that nothing is nothing has died. It's just, well, I'm speaking from my perspective. Nothing hasn't really died. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in, in between the way, and I think most people don't get that. They think they have a monopoly mm-hmm. on people's time, so you need to be honest and say, ah, dude. You don't really have a monopoly. Like, if you have to tell someone you don't have a monopoly on my time, it's like the amount of times I tell Tutu, dude, I'm sorry I couldn't get back to your text. This week was crazy. Like, dude, I know. Or if it's the reverse, I'm like, dude, it's life. It is what it is. Um, mm. 
for the people who feel like they have monopoly in time, who are not honest with the fact that you are a living being with your own problems and things that experiences that, that has so much context that you can't explain to me properly that I give you that part. Mm. Yeah, it is. This was all like, I, I might even, yeah, I might even take it the wrong way. It's just, you know, you, you, you got caught up in some shit. The other thing is people, mm. friends who celebrate your victories and are there for you when you're falling. Now, I'm not saying there for you when you're falling mm. they're going to pick you up. But people will tell you the honest truth about the decisions you made. To be like, hey, bruh, like, I didn't understand what you were doing, but this is, this is my, my perception perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't get why you were doing what you were doing or what motivated it, because maybe you won't be able to, ex- to explain it explicit- explicitly. But I could see something. And these are conversations we have, like, when we made decisions. Like, yeah, there will be things where, you know, when you're going about things and, like, um, well, I can't talk about the things that we talked about most recently, but um, you gave me the whole process of what was going on. I'm sorry for anyone listening who thinks that we're keeping a secret, but, you know, life is life. Um, hey, Brad, some things are private, some yeah. things are not. They understand that. You walked me through it, and it was one of those things where, like, yeah, no, it's the best advantage. What are the options? Like, people who listen, ask questions. I won't make assumptions on behalf of Tudor. I will not do that. I'd rather ask questions. So when he's, when he's down, it's better to ask questions to try and understand rather than to just randomly prescribe Shonga of advice when you don't know. No. Hey, this story is deep. So you are there when you're down in those moments. And it can be in various ways, in monetary ways. It can be in a sport. It can be in this. If someone is, is in a heartbeat willing to afford you something uh. that you have never asked for, he or that person dearly, and people who wouldn't mm. celebrate, they're people who don't enjoy your success. Your success is competition to them. Fuck that. If we're friends, we win. I win, we all win. If you win, it's mm. a win for us. I'm not, I'm not co-opting the win saying it's mine. No, a person that I know is doing well. Therefore, I will celebrate with you unabashedly and unashamedly. I am going to be that moms at graduation shouting, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, because if if when you succeed, yeah. I want to know that there are people who are rooting for you. Because we forget sometimes that there are people out there who are silently rooting for us to do well. They might not say it every day, but when those successes happen, I am there to be like, ah, you know what, my fucking did well. Like a, a friend of mine recently got his um, medical operating license in Zambia. Congrats! Mm. I didn't. He was scared. I'm like, we've gone through this. You know, this this is just keep your head down, push. We'll celebrate at the end. He's not in Zimbabwe, but I said, when you come to Zimbabwe, let me know. Let me, let me head up a bride, we drink and we talk. But we want to celebrate this moment uh-huh. because you've achieved something monumental. People will look at your success. People around you look at your success as competition. That's the wrong thing. Your friend's success should inspire you to do better in whatever the fuck you're doing. It should uh-huh. not inspire you to be like, uh-huh. I want to enter that space. So it's one of those things I've had where, 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 where people see me taking pictures and like, oh, you're a photographer now because it's because of fans. I'm like, nah, listen. First, said you can you can join the you can join the trade. I was like, I would never do that. That is your thing. I like video. I will focus my efforts on this. Mm. It's not a separation of markets. It's because there's so much more we can learn together if we divide the field. It's massive. We can divide the field and then teach each other so many things, and we can celebrate so many things. We're speaking the same language, but we're not eating in each other's space. So that's one the one thing I don't oh. enjoy doing is I don't enjoy taking food off someone's plate. That doesn't uh, work with me. Especially if I know you know you, like, hey, bro, I'll find something else to do. Like, I'll either find something else to do or help you with what you're doing. Now, my position uh-huh. might be extreme, but it is what it is. That's that's how I have, that's how I view things. I, I I don't usually want to trade on on on, on people that I know. No, if I trade on your path and you think I, I thought I you I was your friend, we were not that cool. Like off the bat, we were not that cool. If you feel like I'm not approaching uh-huh. your territory, we were never that cool. So people can celebrate your victories when when you're down. People who are honest with you. Secondly, people 
who want to bring the best out, well, fourthly, people want to bring the best out of you. Someone who sees that all you need is a bit of motivation. I, a friend, my friend called Tamilan, uh, German, he knew that fair as well, I'd get into a funk. And I'll be, I'll be offline for like three, four days. Like we'll go to class together uh-huh. or whatever, but I'll be offline for three or four days. Like not even cavorting in terms of private circles. And we just call. And he'll be like, yeah, where are you? I'm like, I'm at home. He's like, um, yeah, we're going out. I'm like, dude, you know what the time of the month is? Like, it's the 20th of the month. I am broke as fuck. He's like, I didn't ask you if you had money. I said, do you want to go out? I'm like, dude, like, that's, he's like, hey, listen, listen, dude, dude. I didn't ask you about all that. I haven't seen you in a bit. We, like, I've seen you in class, but I haven't seen you in a bit. Like, we haven't talked talk in a bit. And I can see you in a bit of a thing. Can you please go out? I'm like, what the fuck is this nigga doing? And that's a that's a that's a quote unquote love language I never understood. Uh, 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 uh. This person's like, ah, 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 ah. you've been in the house for far too fucking long. See, that's the shit that you know. That's the shit in friendship when you've known you, you've entered a, a, a different level, a mm-hmm. different frequency of of, of closeness. Mm-hmm. When you have your own la- language, like me and me and like this friend I was talking about, the, the guy who used to dress wild to go into the club. We had a period where we were both we were both listen we we'll both drink anybody under the table that's a that's a fact. Mm. But <laughs> we had a period we had a period where we were we, we dude it wasn't even a, we talk about this all the time whenever we get a chance to that's how that's how fucked up the period was but it's greatness in its own sense. We would not even we would not even make plans in the in in the, in the most like normal sense. We would he'll say like it it would come down to hey how are you doing drinks tomorrow buddy see you there that that's what i was like one of us will send a message say hey how's the week going drinks tomorrow man that'll be the response yeah. or and it got to the point one time where it was like yo question mark and then he'll respond or one of us responds yeah it's on tomorrow drinks at this time it was a thing man where we would not miss we didn't miss for like a whole like a whole it's a semester right so for four months we did not miss there's a certain day we always drank and we didn't miss it. Maybe maybe our lives were fucked up in sync at the same time, mm. but or we were just going through, or we were just literally in this like in that in that area. But when you get to a point where you people where, where you know you've got your own language and your own and your own way of communicating, that's a different level right there, bro. Mm. That's that shit. That that's what you're saying. It's like you hold on to that shit dearly. Because that's a different frequency of life that you guys are experiencing. Yeah, it was it's crazy, and it's only with Tommy alone. It's like Muhammad. Muhammad was was one of the people who held me up at the point where I was like, you remember the end of two, end of twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, when shit really got weird. He was uh, one of the very few people because we used to live. He used to live downstairs from me. I used to live upstairs from him. He was one of the few people who understood um, that left my own devices. I am not. I'm not the best person to be left uh, alone. I over have grown better. Mm-hmm. He was like, mm-hmm. nah, this nigga, like, yo, he used to ask me, like, why do you do certain things? Invite me out. Like, I, he asked me, like, invite me out, and then, you know, oh, I'm cooking, come upstairs. Oh, yeah, I do with family. Like, for me, it's not even a thing. Like, in mm-hmm. some, like you, with your family, you, you, you eat together. And it's the kind of thing that they also got a thing because the Cody's house, we eat and all that kind of stuff. So it, it got to the point where he began to understand that, hey, this dude is a bit of a funk. And he, he has he had, he had still two, like his own problems. And it, it's a shame that I can't talk to him as much as I'd like to because, like, my life is now now, it's, the trajectory is weird now. And, but he, whenever we do, I think I spoke to him two months ago, 
it's like we we it was 2018 all over again. Like we it's like we hit that you know play button where it was paused. But he understood that now nah, left to his own, dev- own devices, this dude was never would would never flourish. And similarly, I would never there are periods where he would call the three a.m. and say, "What are you doing?" I'm like, uh, chilling. He's like, "Want to smoke?" Like you don't mm. have a class in the morning, right? You know we have class in the morning. We're in the same class. He's like, "You want to smoke?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And when you then sit again, he's a person I began to understand. He needs that quality time, uh-huh. the time where he then sits and then talks to you. It might be silly conversation, which would get into deeper stuff. It might be this, but it's that time that he values. We can talk about up until six, you know, shower, get to class, be naked as fuck because high as fuck. But you know, when you get there, you're like, "Hey, yeah, you know, that was kind of worth it." Like that, that, that felt like it was worth it. And you see that the changes that happen with the, with the people. And it's, some, it's not something that cost me anything, just time. And again, the other thing, or the last thing, is your friends need, I think I spoke about it before, but your friends need to know the value of time. Money uh, is one thing. It's money, you can always make more money. Like there's never a period where people will never be able to make enough more money. You can still make money even if you lose money. The thing you can't get back is time. And people who yeah. understand that you, uh, the time you spend together are the memories you're making. And the guys I'm talking about are guys who understood the temporary nature of where we were. So mm-hmm. we were able to mm-hmm. maximize that one window, that uh, moment of chance that brought us together for six years. We were able to maximize that window to get as much as we could out of it, as many memories as we could out of it. Um, people who understand that, that even the day we meet, it's it, we, we, we then look back on reflection, which is Again, something that's really different in Zim because in Zim, the very few friendships, at least in my experience, that I've experienced that are on that sort of level. It, most of you, I'm talking about people who come from different communities and different cultures. In Zim, it's, it's I have, like, I'm not saying I don't, but it's like, yo, like, I, I don't feel that same way because it feels like I have to be in a, in a pretense mode, which I can't do, to be honest, because if you ask me to pretend, I'll just keep quiet. Like, those, yeah. are, those are my signs. If I'm upset, I'll rather keep quiet because I've known that there's certain things you'll say and never be able to take back. And if I'm going to choose violence, it's going to be a problem. Uh, uh, so I reserve that for for certain things and for certain people. So it's 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 that when I when I become reserved and quiet, it means oh no, I found my place in this. My place is just to be to, to observe. As the, the topic of this was, uh, is to simply observe. I'm not going to push the agenda, and that has made me withdraw more and more from social settings because I then understand, I, you know what? It's just too much craft. Like fucking hell, man! I can't be you know sitting there trying to. Uh, trying to smile and wave to people and try to act interested in whatever they are. Like, and it's not like people are boring. It's just like, you can clearly see, good, ah, yeah, this isn't for me. And it's fine. Like, if something is not for you, at least if you can admit it to yourself. And the one thing I can say probably is for yourself, like I said before, you have to vibe to your own life. People might call you boring. People have called me boring, mm. which is interesting. And I'm like, I know. I don't tweet my own one. I'm the least boring person I know. Because <laughs> I now understood that I can entertain myself. And if I yeah. Entertained. I'm not fucking boring. And I'm not saying that to defend myself. I'm just saying, yeah, if you vibe your own life, the right people will come to you. And like, yeah, the less you look for it, the better because people will then begin to identify. Like I was saying about, you know, I'm, I'm a piano song and come on. It might mean nothing to you, but see a clip of someone dancing to it and it changes everything. Man, listen, we, we look, don't go down that rabbit hole. That, that's <laughs> another rabbit hole. That's another rabbit hole. Good on. But you said something. Oh, you said a whole lot, but everything you just said kind of, it reminded me of an experience that I had with a person recently. And you know about her, yeah. um, you know, but, um, you know, hindsight. 
the shit that that where the pain comes from people is when you put them in in, in different categories in the wrong category and then you you know and with this person you know i had she came into my life at the right time like i had gone through a period where i was experiencing life a certain way and i needed somebody to kind of it had been a while since you met someone that just you know that just got it that just understood that shit you know so you know it, it was it was you know at the time i had missed dream amounts we were co-workers so you know what it is there's a mm. big big gap between co-workers and being friends mm. that we often kind of miss if you've ever been in that experience yeah. there's a giant gap between there you think it's small but it's not it, there's a giant gap you know because you know you're talking to people and you, you know when you're experiencing life happens at work and then life happens outside of work mm. so there's a small gap there you know so we were co-workers and then we understood each other you know and as more as I, as, as long you know as the more i got to know her the more i i could it's very rare i don't you know people will explain it's very rare to find people who are on whose minds work exactly the way you do the shit is kind of it's a it's a happy scary feeling mm. when you start to you know, when you un, 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 it's unpeeling the onion really and then you get down to it and you're like oh my god this person thinks like me like to a t maybe 8 times out of 10 will make the same decision like if you've ever experienced that with somebody whether they're platonic or not platonic you know exactly what i'm talking about and that's what that was my experience with this person and the only other time that i've had that that feeling you know i've ended up having those people have ended up becoming best friends with me that's you swagger you know this guy i'm talking about in in thing well reserve his name um for pri- person make the same decisions and that kind of thing bonds you together where you understand each other and shit but with this person right you know she was somebody who was 9 times out of 10 that's how scary it was like 9 out of 10 decisions we would make in a day we made the same decision you know and so i got lost in that fascination she was um the best way i can describe it it's like it's it's um yeah, okay you know okay if you watch the elementary right yes Yeah, okay. She was Joan uh what's her name? Jamie Moriarty. Okay. Yeah, in that's who she was to me. Yeah, but like more you know that because that version of Moriarty was different from the version of Moriarty people know. Yeah. That version of Moriarty was more like a a a different version of Sherlock. The way she our mind she used to be like that's what it was. But she she and for anybody who's watched the show, anyone who doesn't watch the show, in that show they made Joan Moriarty Irene Adler. Irene Adler was like an alias that she she was thing and that's the alias. The alias is who Sherlock fell fell in love with. But it's a version of her. You know, so that's what it was with me and her. It was it was one one of those things where she was the Joe Jane Moriarty to my Sherlock. And it was it something I only understood recently. But what what is why I say is like, you know, I, the thing I kept telling her at the time was that we the hardest thing to do for her was the easiest thing for me. and you know i could never understand why because in my mind I was like yo we and her were on the same page all this shit but why is this so hard why is hanging out so hard and as more as i got to know and as all that then you start to experience that life teaches us different things i think i was talking about life for her taught her how to be friends 
how to be a self, you know, how to take care of herself just on the self-care thing. She learned self-care before I, I grew up in a house that told me to, you know, I put my shit to the side, deal with niggas, deal with what's going on, and then get to you later. And that's the environment that I grew up in. So I treat friendships, experience friendships differently than she did. But we understood each other. Until this day, you know, we went through what we went through and our experience is, is the way it is, you know. But till this day, we probably understand each other more than we know each other, you know. And I may not trust her the same way as I used to, but, you know, she is still... It is rare to find somebody whose mind operates that in sync with mine. And it is rare to find people who... She was one of those those spirits, and I told her this when when, when I, you know, a few months ago, when I said... She, it's very, it's, it's also rare to find people who have this ability to make your life feel like you're the the spotlight is on you, and everybody's there to cheer you on, and everybody's there to to uplift you, you know, and everybody's not there to whatever. The crowd is there to clap hands for you, you know. And she made, she made, she has that rare ability to make people feel like that, mm. you know. And that's the shit that I need because in 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 you know in retrospect, that's the shit that I need because of the life that I went through, you know, or my experience in life up to that point at home and shit. So that's the kind of shit that I need that nourishes me and that kind of, and she has that ability. Swag is another one who has that ability. So, you know, so that's what I need, you know, so that's the kind of energy that I, I, I need. And that's, that energy is rare to find because it's rare to find somebody who's authentic and all that. And, you know, so that's, it, it's in hindsight of looking at that experience and where I had animosity, you kind of, you know, not everything is going to be perfect with friends. Sometimes you're going to be, it's easy to make friends and other times some friendships, you're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering and, and acceptance and a lot of checking yourself. But when you find people, it, you know, when you vibe to your life, like you said, the right people come in. And she came in at a point where I needed to know what it was like to, you know, to, to experience life, you know, with, with, with a certain level of optimism. And she came in at the right time because if she doesn't come into my life, you know, a lot of things are, are different about how I experience life and what I feel about it. And it's that, you know, it, you know, it's those, as you get older, all of a sudden it's like the older you get, the less you want to make friends because you like, not everybody understands you. You start to understand yourself more and you start to understand that not everybody understands you. So you want to be around people that, that's just, understand you you know it doesn't have people that it, it you want to mix and match people that work for you people understand you but the people that understand you that shit is priceless it's not going to be it's not always going to be easy to find it's, it's hard to find man whether it's friends or people who are in a relationship it is hard to find people that totally understand you and not only that but will understand you enough to give you space to figure you out and know exactly what you need you know like TJ, when my grandmother died, you know, Swagger, you know, the first thing he did was saying, yo, let's go get some wings, get some beers. Let's go to the beach. Let's go hang out. I didn't ask him to do that. He just did that because he understood this is what, if he, like you were saying, that friend that you left your own devices, you do some shit. He understood to, to left to his own devices. Some things might go wrong. Some things he might, you know, so he's like, all right, let's, you know, and he messaged me. You know, and he didn't have to do that. He's, I know for a fact his day was busy because we're in business together. But he did that because it's like, hey, fam, above everything. And also because 
when his grandmother died years ago, I did the same shit to him. When Toronto, you know, a lot of stuff, okay, I wasn't busy, but, you know, I could have quite easily just left him alone in the room all together, whatever. I said, let's, let's go for a walk, let's, let's talk. And that stuck with him, and we've been like that for each other ever since. And it's, it's that level of understanding, you know. And I bring that up because the person I was with, there was a lot of communication about being friends. And I was just like, yo, this is not it. What the hell? And then I now realize that it's not to say that we didn't do, we both didn't make some mistakes in terms of being friends for each other. I just think we both didn't see the big picture. And now we're at a place where, yeah, sure, I may not trust her in the same way, but I know better what category she fits in. So there's no animosity, there's no pain. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a testament, like you're saying, to, you know, about, or at least what the point that you're trying to get and what we're trying to say is, you know, we are who we are, uh, we are around. And the better we understand ourselves, and I think life is the process of that, of just giving a better understanding of yourself. You know, that's why friend groups change. That's why friendships change. People change. The people you're around may be different in your 20s. It might take you seven, 10 years to figure out exactly what you need and who, not just, you know, who, not who benefits you in terms of, oh, the lifestyle that they live, but who in terms of their personality fits with you, who is compatible with you, who does the things that make you, you know, that, that you need, that fill in the voids that you need. Because we all have our insecurities. We all have our, 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 our shortcomings in terms of, emotions and then we all need a support group and it's about finding out the right personalities that fit that and sometimes you have to go through a whole bunch of shit to figure that out and i think we're both now at a place where we just know what that is yeah. that, that arrival to know ish bro you cannot mm. you cannot continuously um with all the experience you've had you cannot continuously make the same mistakes and people who come into your life in the right way mm. um, everything is easy even disagreeing is easy because it feels like something you, you both have to get past get figure out. <laughs> it's not like something that is a roadblock to you guys then continuous friends just a disagreement and even tough calls uh, are, are easy to make because win or lose you know this is what we had in the moment and we have to just move with, with what we had regardless of who's making it and also I think the one thing that I've realized not hearing you speak is like there is a measure of letting go that happens. Mm. And true friends make that easy. Like you're not letting go of each other completely. You're letting go of the, the spaces you used to occupy in each other's lives. Because you know it's not that simple anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. We're not in the same time zone to be able to like we have to meet at certain points and messages get missed because you know, when you were sending, I was asleep and vice versa. But we now know we, we can no longer occupy, occupy those spaces that we used to when things were simpler. Um, I think that that, that that point of letting go is easier. There's no resentment left in that. And I like as you uh, mentioned, though, because it I had a similar experience. I'm not going to get into it because it's, it's still a bit of a sore spot. Uh, I, I remember telling you about it. And uh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. And I was like, that, that told me one thing. I think above all else of, of everything I've I've ever I've ever ever learned when 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 dealing with friends, and I think it becomes with 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 the female of of all species, it's 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 the one thing that it's the one that rang in my head. It's do you like do you it's like that 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 works both ways. 
you have to do yourself like you have to understand that you are the only person who's going to make yourself better on the flip side let people do what the fuck they want to do because in that, that whole experience I, I was going there look I was, I was looking for closure in my mind and mm. I had conversations that I was looking for closure and then there's this one book I was reading uh, it was a show or something I don't remember what book it was it's like people's actions and the things they say in the moment where things are most difficult are the only closure you will ever need People treat you like shit, and you go to the asking for closure. You're just gonna make that shit even worse. They're gonna defend themselves. They're yeah. gonna dig in their heels. They're gonna do all this kind of stuff. That is all the closure you need. True friends and people who are gonna be around in your life for a very long time understand you well enough to know what you're triggering. And you, and you know it too, right? You, you always know it. It's always just, it's, it's, you know, the hardest thing we, we the hardest thing we, 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 I think as people, is to be simple. It's the hardest thing to do. The, the answers are always there, mm. you know? And if you find them, if you if you just simplify, sometimes you just have to simplify your perspective. And that's why it's like, it's always the people that are in your life for a long time, the shit is simple. Yeah. The shit is simple. It's not hard. Once you find, there's always that period in life where you with friends, where you go through, where you go through the early stages and it's fun or whatever. And then, and then there's a point of no return. where you are like, okay, we're either going to be acquaintances, we're going to be good friends. And then, they, and then it goes on from there. And it's always, you just know for people. You just know that, okay, you know, certain things that they do where you're like, okay, this person I can count on. And they just, they show you. People, everybody shows you what kind of person they can be for you. Mm. It's whether or not you can see it, you're willing to see it, and it's also whether or not you're willing to accept it. Yep. There's no closure you'll ever need. Someone's actions, if there's anything that I can say to anybody, is that someone's actions demonstrate who exactly they are. And those should should determine. And it's not actions in the good times. It's actions in the difficult periods. Someone's willing to make a difficult choice. Man, you, it, it sucks to be the only person willing to sacrifice. And I know you understand this. Being willing to sacrifice mm. a lot for someone mm. who doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Someone mm. doesn't know you're fighting quiet battles with yourself about decisions you're making, knowing that disappointment's around the corner. That battle is fucked up to have internally. It is. Yeah, it is. see that. And then for just to like brush you aside as if you weren't anything, you didn't matter. And then to devalue you as an individual in everything you you mean to do in every way you try to hold out. If you don't learn that lesson, chop chop, shame. Bruh, you know, and and you know, I had that um, I had that experience. Um, you know, like I I had that I at least the thing I had that I had an experience like you did where it's like you know you're just doing all that shit with somebody. And um, it's a whole thing, right? You know, you just you you're asking yourself, does this person recognize all that stuff? You know, and my every situation is different, so I don't want to make it like a blanket thing. Mm. But the thing that I learned to kind of understand all of that was that, like I said, life teaches us different things. Mm. You know, life life teaches us different things. The environment and the, the journey that I went through, life taught me to do the things that I do in friendships with people. Life may have taught somebody else something different. So what's like I said with this person and this person, you know, it, it was really just, you know, it, it's it's it, it was a, a thing where I had to really look deep inside and say, look, okay, what am I not seeing here? Because there's just no way I'm not seeing that this. You know, we get we understand each other, but we can't get along. What am I not seeing? You know, we can't get on the same page. And then it was just about seeing that, saying, okay, life taught us different things. And once once you find that that zone in life, right, that's where that shit you're talking about, where there's a lot of letting go, 
that's where it comes into play, you know, because, you know, some of us have been friends for so long. That doesn't come without, without guns, without issues. There's trials and tribulations that go through there. Me and Swag have had our issues. Me and you have had a bit of times where we've not been on the same page. And it comes with it, you know, where, and we and my brothers as well are going, to, we go through that all the time. And it just comes with an understanding of, 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 of not imposing your perspective without understanding that somebody else has been taught by life different things, you know. And when you get to that point with people and you have that mutual understanding, because some people don't have that mutual understanding. Some people just always want to get there. Some, sometimes you have, you have connections with people where they want to get their shit in. Um, uh, so when you get to that point with certain people, and it doesn't happen all the time, uh, when you get to that point with people, that those, that's when you know, okay, this is the person I can be with. When people just let that shit go, when you can have that mutual understanding, well, let's just let the shit go, whatever we understand. Then it, that's those are the friendships that you can build on. It's the the ones where this shit can get let go. That's when you're like, okay, because it shows up in passive aggressiveness and and all that shit. So, you know, I we've been talking for a while, so I feel like we need to kind of round it out now. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, to close it off, and I'll let you close it off as well. It's just you know, human beings have a have a tendency to just self interest is something. That it's a it's a it's a factory setting, like I said a factory setting like i've said before to you but no one has heard it before it's a factory setting self-interest as human beings is something that we have in in common as a human race and and you know the more power you have in life the more you can justify you know a decision that is self-interested a decision that you make the self-interest you know and this is talking about people who choose violence instead of in people in politics who choose will find ways to be more violent to each other and in, in the micro level, that's a macro level. On the micro level, it comes in friendships where the self-interest in, in what we're trying to do or in who we're trying to be around, um, you know, where we're sometimes we're willing to justify it by harming ourselves, trying to fit in. And other times it comes in friendships because, you know, honestly, you know, we just were taught different things in life, you know. And there's a level, I think, on a micro level, because that's where we live in on society in, 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 with this conversation between us, is that, you know, we live in play, we, we live in, in different social groups. And and sometimes, and in, in the journey that we've gone through, sometimes, you know, it's not, it's less than ideal, you know. And if you're a young person who's listening to this and you're still figuring out your way, just do you, you know, figure yourself out, figure who you are. Once you do that, the people around you just generally begin to form themselves. It all happens naturally, you know, and if you're an old person who, you know, if you're a person who's our age, you're still kind of figure, trying to fight those battles, and we totally get it. If you, whatever, whatever you got to do to do it, man, but when, if you're struggling with those questions, just the, the answer is figure yourself out. Figure who you are, what makes work works for you, what uplifts you, what doesn't, what you need from the people around you, and every, everything after that, and so especially in terms of ideals and what you're willing to do be accepting, be be willing to accept who you are, flaws and all, and the people around you will form themselves. It's when you kind of just hide the insecurities and the shit that you don't really want to admit to yourself that you don't do right. That's when you start surrounding yourself. At least in my experience, you start surrounding yourself with the wrong kind of people. Into that, but if I can, my two cents is simply: as I started this off with a history lesson about power, 
Um, you need to justify yourself, not to anyone else, but to yourself. Mm. The same way world leaders can justify killing millions of people for no reason, um, for for their profit, you need to justify to yourself why you're worthy of yourself. I know that's not, that might sound weird, but you just need to start empowering yourself. The same fabric of power that exists in the wider world, in geopolitics and whatever, mm. exists within yourself. So if you set a net that's strong enough within yourself that you can stand for yourself, and you're you're you were never happy with who we are. We can lie about ourselves. There are things about everybody that we don't that we don't like, and we say it in you know quiet moments. Uh-huh. But that should never be a crutch. That should just be something that that's something that that's there that you can't change, but you can just, just, just then move. Um, you need to empower yourself with people around you. Um, similar with with alliances and allegiances that happen on 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 the global stage. Uh-huh. There there's mutuality. There's some some of necessity. Some are genuinely mutual. Someone, you need not pick your poison. If you can deal with the whole spectrum of attachments, hey man, listen, you are gifted. That is a blessing. <laughs> uh, I can't. I, I only speak myself, and I can't understand what makes it worth it for you. Um, if you are good with millions of acquaintances, hey, do you, bro? Like it is what it is. If you are, if you're one of those people like me who treasure those small attachments, all those daily because those last forever, and nurture those as they grow, and. In any situation, let, let nothing ever dim your light. It can be work. Uh, it can be a marriage, relationship, whatever. It can be a friend group. If, if, if you find your light is being dimming or you have to forcibly dim your light to be able to exist in that scenario, you're in the wrong place. Um, I'm not going to say move out. That, that takes a while for you to get to understand because, like, again, context is difficult from person to person. I'm just telling you from my experience. But the context of your experience might be different. So there'll come a time uh-huh. a tough decision needs to be made and you just need to be in a position where you can make it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, there's, there's no simple way to slice it. But, you know, um, I don't know, maybe titling this power doesn't give a fuck on a global stage and on a personal level. It's probably the uh-huh. only uh-huh. way I can term this. Um, yeah, you have to make some tough calls and you have to, you have to understand yourself. You have to sing to the sing this. You have to dance the song of your own life, I guess. I guess it three times. So I say that because it's super important to me. Because now I'm vibing to the, to the, to the yeah. Like I'm legit. Uh, there's nothing more. There's no. There's nothing I vibe to more than my own life, which hasn't happened in the, in the three decades I've been alive. Uh, and it took me three decades to get to that. Point. A very long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's. Let's. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I'm gonna stop before I start rambling. <laughs> no worries. I think we have we've gone down the rabbit hole, you know, enough for the people. Uh to close it out, the uh, the, the recommendation or my recommendation for this for this episode is um SA, to all my SAL fans, um No Bootless album Imvula. That's what it's called, Imvula. That is some soul SA house for you. Yeah, that's beautiful SA house music from you. That's a that's a good album. That's that's my recommendation. Put that on, press play, just press play. And um you yeah, don't press play on a Monday or a Tuesday. <laughs> you save it in your save save it in your album for save it in your list for like a Thursday or a Friday. Because the, the 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 rest of the album, the first song is dope, nice and chill. The rest of the album is not. That's some dance music. I hope you guys know how privileged you are to hear this from him to say save it for a day. I get this shit randomly and I get an unsolicited awakening in the middle of the week at like 12 p.m. What the fuck? 
like Jesus Christ, like I, I didn't ask you, like I was mellowing down, and then you know, you know, ish. Okay, <laughs> leave it I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave it alone. But I'll, I'll get upset if, if I then if I then get into it a bit more. Uh, there's another one I was listening to this week, uh, not Montero, Montero is cool though. Uh, Roosevelt, it's um, mm. neo neo disco, neo pop. I'm not sure how to classify them. Uh, but they all came out a while ago, actually. Uh, Polydance, mm. unbelievable groove. Like, if you're into something that I don't know, I don't know, just listen to it. Like this, you can listen to it. <laughs> this, I, I, I guarantee it, it will not elicit an unsolicited uh, awakening. But Polydance by Roosevelt, Polydance by Roosevelt is crazy. I'll probably leave links below to Spotify playlist for this. It'll be easy to find. Right. Yeah. Uh, so to check it out, uh, I have a book recommendation. Where is it? Go for it. I feel like we have book reading. I feel like that. No, not even like reading. <laughs> I've noticed it. <laughs> There's a few. You'd be surprised. There's a few. Oh, crap. Yes, The War on Art. Yes, it was on my Kindle. War on Art. I forgot the author. Um, but it's called The War on Art. I'll leave a link to that. I think I'll leave an Amazon um, uh, thing to that. Or, or Audible, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, and uh-huh. check it out. It's, it's, yeah, it's, if, you, if you're a creative or an artist... Or someone who is fighting with the creative block, read that book. It'll fuck your life. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. All right, people. Thank you for uh, you know surviving with us. We went down a few tangents there. I think we segued everything perfectly. I don't know. You people to be able to tell us. Uh, but uh, we'll be back soon, hopefully, with a very dope episode next time around. So a few guests. We don't keep that tight. Hopefully we can get a, a couple guests. Uh, but uh, tune in with us next week. And uh, yeah, put us in the background. You know what it is. Peace. <laughs>